0: Come on, just come on out, we're going to begin to start off with an activation That's right, we want to start with an activation Alright, I wonder how many noticed what happened, what change took place When I just got you up to go around and hug people did you, did you notice actually the whole atmosphere shifts? Because people, the walls that disconnect us, you know, just break down as you start to connect like that And you find that the things of the spirit are very, very simple There's nothing really complex about it And we find that often there's things that we have to do just naturally and practically Things which you can do which involve your soul And things which involve, of course, your rising in your spirit So we want to get our spirit to arise
1: today So why don't we make our body move And let's begin to pray strongly in the spirit Strongly in the language God has given us Ilababa, baba, 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 Alla baranda, Ella Ella la Ella, baba, 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 El bababa bababa okay let's do one more bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits okay now this time we do it ready from the beginning on the count of three now as you're doing it don't just repeat
0: something and speak something. One of the things that you'll find, uh, that we're, if, we talk, if I, we're engaging in a conversation, but in my mind I disconnect, the person that I'm, that we're, I'm relating with will feel the disconnection. If you ever been talking with someone and, and uh, suddenly it, you just felt something change, their eyes have got that glazed look, their mind has gone somewhere else, what happens in the flow of your spirit is there's a disconnect, and you can actually feel it. I remember talking to my daughter and it was going fine Then I thought, hello, we're disconnected I turned around and she zipped off in some shop And she'd gone I was just talking to myself But I could feel the difference And you feel the difference If you're talking to someone and their mind goes somewhere else They disconnect So one of the things when you're praying in tongues Is to engage your mind as well and engage yourself. So when we're speaking, now we're going to just speak I want you to be speaking, arising in your spirit See yourself rising up, and you're speaking to your soul And you're telling your soul to come into line Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me Bless His holy name, and let your body and soul respond See, to the voice
1: of your spirit Your spirit always wants to praise God Let's do it, okay then, ready, one, two, three Bless the Lord, O my soul All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's give him a clap right now. Thank you, Lord. Okay,
0: while we're on, I'll give you one more exercise to do. Because your spirit will respond to you giving voice to the word of God say, do you do just, we're going to take the scripture I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might okay, Now that's a declaration from the word of God, but you, it's personalized So we take scripture and make it personal I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might Now of, his might. Now, of course what happens is, you may not feel that way Actually today, you might be feeling incredibly frail, and you've got all kinds of issues going on, and so you think, I can't say that, because that's not true, but actually if you were to arise by faith and say, in the spirit this is where I stand, that I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and I will declare what I believe in my heart, and then you'll find everything around you and in you will start to shift to align with what your spirit is saying when you declare the word of God. So I want you to do it, we're going to just say I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we'll say that three or four times, and I want you to see what happens when you make it a declaration, you're declaring it to your spirit, to your soul, your body, and you're declaring it into the atmosphere around you I want you to see what happens when you speak and give voice to the Word of God like that Ready? I'm strong in
1: the Lord and the power of his might Ready? 123 I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might I AM STRONG IN THE LORD AND THE POWER OF HIS MIGHT I AM STRONG IN THE LORD AND THE POWER OF HIS MIGHT I AM STRONG IN THE LORD AND THE POWER OF HIS MIGHT Now, okay, that'll do That's this.
0: Right, okay Now, the more you do it, the more your inner man begins to agree with the truth Initially, there's a wrestling because a lot of you doesn't really agree with that But as you learn to speak the Word of God and you make it a strong declaration from inside, you'll find your spirit will rise very quickly, and everything in you starts to shift because you're declaring what God says is true about you. See, the Spirit of God is in you. Isn't that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead? How can you be weak if the Spirit of God is joined to you? Are you not joined and seated with Christ in the realm of eternity and seated in heaven itself in your spirit? Is that not true? How can you be weak? I cannot be weak. It's not true that I'm weak, my circumstances and things around me may press in and cause me to feel weak, but he says, you know, that when I'm weak, then the grace even more abounds, eh? So I'm even stronger when I'm weak because I lean in and depend on the Lord. So let's do it one more time, uh, three three or four times, I'm strong
1: in the Lord and the power of his might. Ready one, two, three. I am strong in the Lord in the power of His might. I am strong in the Lord in the power of His might. I am strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I am strong in the Lord and
0: the power of His might. Now, how many of you found something shifted inside you just doing that? How many felt something? Okay, what did you feel? Did you find fu- that exactly right? So we, we can believe and speak, or we can speak to believe hmm? Whatever you are feeling begins to shift as you declare the Word of God Exactly So we have the Word and the Spirit We've got to learn to take what God has given us and work with it okay? the, Word of the, the, the Word of God is a sword of the Spirit it actually is a sword, so this stuff starts to sweep away So you can swift the air right around you real quick Doesn't take you long, ready? So I want to, again we'll get praying in tongues Now this time as you're praying in tongues The Bible says a person who prays in tongues is their spirit is praying They're praying as the Holy Ghost gives them utterance and it says also that you build up yourself, so what I want you to do is you're praying in tongues, begin to speak, and just uh, see that your whole spirit, your inner man, is starting to arise and become full of the life of God, let your focus just be on that, sometimes helps just put your hand on your belly, and as you're praying in tongues, uh, you're praying consciously to build your spirit man, so your spirit man arises, as we'll see later, your spirit can flow right outside your body, or it fills an atmosphere beyond you. Your spirit flows. So let's begin to arise, just
1: filling the room with our presence and the spirit of God. Amen. Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. I love of the Labaka. She got a a lot that I'm a yatta. Oh, love a baba. She keeps yatta. Okay, stop. Right.
0: How many of you, what did you experience as you prayed that way? How many of you felt something flowing in your life? Release. Release and sign. That's good. So we can stir and awaken our spirit man. And we do it, we have to use our voice. You have to use your voice and your mind. Use your voice to give utterance to the words of God, whether it be speaking in tongues or the written word of God, and to use your mind to meditate and to embrace and welcome the truth so that there's no part of you is not holding on to that. And it works, just very quickly. You'd be quite surprised. Now, the more you practice it, the easier it is for your spirit to arise. You train your spirit to arise quickly, and you train your body and your soul. To surrender quickly, most people don't know how to do that, so they live with their spirit flat and under a heaviness, and don't realise it's actually something you can break out of real quick. And so we gave you that thing to shake your body, and we gave you the things of just speaking the word of God, speaking in tongues. Well, right, here's another confession you could make: I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay? I can, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can. That's a good thing. Yes, yes. Come oh, on, what do you say it now? Yes.
1: Yes! Yes!
0: <laughs> and what, when you start to do that, you start to strengthen your will because growing in your spirit, you've got to learn to develop the power to say yes. Okay, and the other words you've got to learn to say is no. Well, people, some people can't say no. But you, you, but you see, in the realm of the spirit, I've got to be saying yes to some things and no to other things. That's the binding and the loosing. Yes to some, no to others. Okay, I just don't you begin to say, and we're just speaking now, Why don't you just begin to make declarations, and you're saying no to the devil and no to sin. Now begin to speak it like you really mean it. Are you really? We'll do it half a dozen times. Ready? One, two, three. No! 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 Okay, no! No! now, see, it's interesting what happens inside you. How many found you suddenly you feel, Ooh? yeah, yeah. You lift up inside, even just saying no. Isn't that right? But a lot of people can't say no and, and a lot of people say yes to things they should be saying yes to, so learning to say strong yes is strong no in the spirit okay, I can
1: do all things through Christ who strengthens me ready, one, two, three I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me that's quite a good
0: statement to make Everything God has called you to do You can do it You can do it Yes, I can Yes, I can See Can 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 It's a good word Can Yeah <laughs> Okay, well we've got another one there Okay oh, no. oh, Here's a good one uh, This one I use quite regularly The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead Dwells within me And quickens my mortal body Now have a think about that The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead That's the resurrection power of God Where is it? It's within you, and it says, "He will what? Quicken or make alive your body." Now you think about that. So, so you may, as we're going we're just gonna speak it over. I'll say it again: the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, say, same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and shall quicken my mortal body. Now, now, um, now, begin to as you declare it. Make it your declaration that your body shall arise with life as you decree the Word of God, see? and what you find is you'll come alive in your body, and then I'll often follow that by just yielding different parts of my body, uh, first the uh, spirit man, my mind, imagination, hearing, seeing, mouth, heart and affections, will, hands and works, and feet my walk before God, consciously yielding, and then what happens as you do that is you begin to develop awareness of your body and your soul and what's going on in it, because you've consciously learned to present each part to the Lord, then you become aware, more aware when things are going on in those different parts of you. And you can quickly shake them up, see? See, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me
1: and quickens my mortal body. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within me and quickens my mortal body. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within me and quickens my mortal body. Now you'll begin to find. How many found your
0: body start to get stronger as you start to say it? You come alive with energy. Now you notice it's very simple, it's the Spirit and the Word, and me willing to actually use what God has given me, and I've got to give voice to it. You find everything in the Spirit, you have to give voice, you have to give voice to things, and if you listen to people giving voice, you'll tell whether their spirit is shut down and overwhelmed by their mind, or you'll tell whether their spirit arises and is in their words. You've got to listen. Listen when people pray, and listen to yourself as you're speaking. Am I really fully in those words, or am I just sort of saying it because this is what we have to do in this class? You'll feel the difference, See? and so again, doing it wholeheartedly will get the results, half-heartedly no results, no matter how long you do it, half-heartedly no results. What you're looking for is the release in your spirit to arise, so you start to then be free to flow from within instead of just getting stuck in your head or your emotions or soul. Got it? Hey, come on, we just pray again, we just pray for a couple more minutes, and just pray, and as we pray, let's begin to lift our hands and our hearts, we're exalting God with His heavenly language, which enables
1: us, oh, to thank Him and bless Him. Come on, let your voice rise. Baba ba ba Oh ba ba shikala bani aata o ba ba ella bana tala baga shikala ella holy ghost we love you we welcome you today we honor you today shikala banata ma selabata na ba <laughs> ratai Hallelujah. Woo. Let's give a Lord a clap. Now watch you as you
0: at all times you can develop your inner man. And as you do that, you'll find uh you'll feel another pres you'll feel the presence st- of God start to manifest over your life. There's an anointing arising from within, then there's another one comes upon. And so it's very important to understand the difference. We can always activate what's within us, but we don't have control or power over God coming upon us. That's something He does when we connect properly. See? So, Julie, just come to stand up here. And uh, just, there we are. And uh, I need someone behind her. Now, I just shared with you about learning to give voice. So, I need someone to stand behind that's right Okay, ready Jill? Now I want you to lift your eyes up to the Lord, Look, here, let your heart be on the Lord, and you see now that we're full of the Holy Ghost, and just in the release of the word, power flows, and it's quite simple, see, and we'll do that a little bit more later, I'm just wanting you to get to see it and get used to it, see, so now we've arisen in spirit, then something comes from within us that can be released, and we can release it with words. I'm wanting you to really get the understanding that your words, when they are full of faith, actually bring about some results, Now, and so we'll see how to get them full of faith a little bit later, okay, so if I, can't, if I in my heart am completely convinced that God is in me, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is within me, oh the anointing of the Holy Ghost flows like a mighty river, Bow! and I can believe that the power of God will just flow through her and touch her there. There we go. Isn't that nice to be caught by your husband like that? This ready? Just come. And of course, now that we're starting to move that way, if you'll just open your heart to the Lord, you'll feel His presence start to come on you. It's like a, like something just comes down from heaven, it's like that. Now, you notice we haven't done a lot. What we have done is just stirred what we have, what we do have. We have the Word. We have the Holy Spirit. We must deploy what God has given us. Just open your eyes and heart to the Lord, and just receive from him right now. And so we're in a place you could just pray for one why don't you pray for one another? That'd be a great thing to do right now. Just pray for one another right now. Just pray. Just release the blessing of God. Okay, but make sure you got someone to catch. Let's try that right now. Let's try. No catcher. Put a chair right behind her and she can sit in the chair (laughs) with Spirit of God come. Holy Ghost come. All right. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> All right, now, just, just come here. Just take his hand. Are you ready? Okay. Now close your eyes. I want you to just begin to imagine that God is as close to me as I am to you right now. The presence of God is here. They don't try and make something happen. Just become aware God is here. Now we're going to release what God has given you. There we are, just like that. See, and he begins to feel the presence of God. See, it's not empty words. It's words that are full of a heart. So you get a, get your heart focused first. Otherwise, you'll try to say something and do something, and it doesn't nothing happens. All right then. Okay then. Let's just take a seat now. We'll come back to that one later on, great stuff, how many feel wide awake now? <laughs> you do, you get wide awake, you just become wide awake, remember you can pray any time, that's the gift God's given you, you can speak the Word of God any time, and you can develop your heart, your meditation on the Word of God any time you wish. These are great. They're simple. We can do it any time. So here's the thing. You determine how much you grow and develop your inner man. Okay, let's, we want to look on uh, how to exercise spiritual authority. We went yesterday, and we looked at spiritual authority and what it was, and uh, we saw also uh, about uh, God has given us, called us to go on a mission, God, everyone's got assignment from God, We saw also how we have a territory that we're responsible for We saw about governing our territory, if we fail to govern then what happens is something else sits in there, and that's why many people are oppressed Because they fail to govern their territory Okay then, so what we want to do this time, uh, and and we finished up with uh, governing your spiritual territory meant you had to hold it in your heart I can't overemphasise how much, how important it is to hold what God has given you in your heart, if anything takes it out of your heart, your ability to spiritually assert authority over it seems to diminish, so we need to hold in our heart what God has given us, Uh, we saw also we needed to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and seek direction how and what he wants us to do, Uh, thirdly we saw in our metron or our area of territory we needed to begin to get vision or get some kind of direction uh, and lay out some kind of steps of what we wanted to build and then learn, uh, use our voice to speak, and this is the area that I want to focus a bit more on this time, is learning how to arise in your spirit and to speak into your territory and uh, this is a very, very important part, and then finally of course uh, things are not just spiritual, they're also natural, whatever territory God has given you, you've got to be engaged in and active in it, so for example uh, we'll we'll go into this session this time, and we want to look at how you exercise spiritual authority and uh, then I'll give you some examples of it at the end, uh, firstly from personal testimony, and then just some ways that you could do this The problem of writing down prayers is they tend to become mechanical, they can help, but they tend to become mechanical I've always felt if you can get the dynamics sorted out, it's not hard to get a flow which you grow in your own life, but we'll give you some practical keys All right. then, so we read in Luke chapter 4, Jesus was in a synagogue And a man manifested an evil spirit And of course everyone was astonished Because the evil spirit was yelling out through the man You've got to imagine in a nice quiet church service How disruptive that is Someone's yelling out, leave us alone You know, you can imagine all the people looking around And all eyes are on this man And he's uh, crazy in that sense He's sort of doing something unpredictable But a demon is manifesting And so the Bible says he he, he yelled out What have we to do with you Jesus and others? We know who you are you're the Holy One of God. So this guy's yelling and ranting. He's manifesting a spirit. And uh, what happened was, uh, and I, I've seen this kind of thing happen on many, different, many different times. I was in a meeting in Singapore, and uh, I just started talking, and a lady cleaner came into the room at the top and started yelling, holding a broom up and waving a broom, yelling, Why you come here? Why you do this to me? And, I'm, and everyone's sort of looking, well, what's going on here? But actually, it was just a spirit manifesting. And uh, so this is what Jesus did He directly confronted the spirit He said, be quiet, come out of him And the demon uh, uh, struggled violently Threw the man on the ground and came out of him Now, that's actually quite a dramatic thing to happen In a normally quiet church service Very dramatic So of course the atmosphere is just electric With the presence and power of God And uh, this was an example of Jesus' deliverance, and the people commented, and they said they were amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, what a word is this, for with authority and power he commands the spirits, and they come out. Now, this was astonishing. Uh, In a country like Israel, uh, the problem of demonization is widespread. You go through Asia, Africa, through South America, you go through many countries, The problem of demonization is widespread, well-known, and they don't know what to do, so they seek out all kinds of remedies for it, but we have the answer. We have been given authority to address them. The church must arise in this area. Now in the West, the problems are still there, it's just they're covered over, they're a little more hidden than uh, you would expect, but the same problems are essentially in people in the West as well. It's just they think it's just me. And so in the West, we tend to rationalize spiritual things and just say, it's just me, or try and find a natural cause for it and don't realize it could be demonic. Now, notice here what they said. Uh, he said, with authority and with power. And the word authority means the rule of government. It's the rule of government. Uh, the word is the original language is the word exousia. So when you read your Bible, sometimes it'll mistranslate it and it'll use the word power. But they're actually two different words. And I want to explain them. So you understand completely what they are The word exousia means a right has been delegated to you To speak and act on behalf of someone else Exousia, a right, a legal right has been delegated to you To speak and act on behalf of someone else In this case, Jesus Christ So if you have authority, you have a legal right It's a legal right It's got nothing to do with how you feel It is a legal right so for example, if a, if a family, if the parents die, and there's only one son, unless there is a legal uh, a will that gives the property elsewhere, he has a legal right as the only heir to inherit the property. If you purchase a building, you have the legal right to own and occupy the building, so if someone else is there, they are a squatter. They have no legal right to be there. You are the legal person who has the legal right. So, in the case of spiritual authority, spiritual authority, God delegates to you a legal right which is recognized in the spirit world, to speak and to act on His behalf. Now, when the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife, there are many emotional things that go through people's mind thinking about that. But I want to just make a real simple, uh, make it really simple and clear from the point of view of the spirit world. God has made a declaration that the husband legally has authority in the spirit world to speak and act on behalf of Jesus Christ in relationship to his marriage and family. It's a delegated right given to him. Now it's nothing to do with whether the the wife is of more value or more spiritual than the husband. It's just an order God has set in place, and the demonic world will recognize the order and do all it can to sabotage it. So a husband may not be as good a prayer as his wife, he may not know the Bible as well as his wife, but nevertheless from a spiritual perspective God has delegated to him a positioning in the spirit world It's not a positioning of ruling over his wife, because the Bible says actually spiritual authority is exercised through loving service But in terms of the spiritual world, he has a right to speak and to uh, to give directions and act, and he can address spirit powers now. Uh, this is something people don 't really understand. I 'll give you an example when I saw it most vividly. I was praying that I had a couple who uh, uh, formerly had been pastors, and his wife had been deeply involved as a young woman in the occult. Uh, she was uh, trapped into it, and uh, I won 't go into the details of it, but it was a very horrendous experience, both as a young girl about six and then again as a teenager about 16. And uh, The, the, the circum- things she described were horrendous, I had trouble believing it all because it was so horrendous what happened, and uh, anyway she moved out of that whole thing, moved on with her life, married, they got called into ministry, and later on it was very clear there were problems that were going on, and there was a strong control set around his wife, so I got him as the husband to stand up, and I'll show you how to do that a little later, how to stand up and to pray and address the spirit world and exercise his authority as husband to position himself as the husband, to make a declaration I am her lawful husband, and I speak into the spirit world, and he did it And what happened was uh, some of the issues around her life came up to the surface, but what I didn't realise was he kept praying that way, and so he kept praying day after day, asserting his authority in the spirit world, and commanding all controlling spirits to release his wife and What happened was initially the first problems came up, then this whole layer of all this occult surfaced, and we had some massive difficulties because of all of these issues, and we had all kinds of accidents started to happen, there were various, the, the occult group made connection with her again, it was quite a messy thing for quite a while, and uh, so uh, I, I was puzzled as how to how to deal with it and the Lord spoke to me, and He said I want you to stand as the pastor, and I want you to speak and take authority in the spirit world, and totally forbid the operation of this occult group against this uh, this woman, and I said I want you to bring judgement against it, and uh, so I said oh okay, how do I do that? So I just rose up and prayed, and decreed that no weapon formed against us would prosper, that every tongue that rose against us, speaking judgement and curses. We totally cancel its power and defeat it in Jesus' name, and I asked the Lord, call on the Lord to act on our behalf and to deal with it Now what happened was, within the space of a week two people in that covenant had motor accidents and died, just like that, and all contact with that uh, coven and this woman stopped, just like that Now we still had the problem uh, within her, so we began to pray, and I tried to get it delivered, it was very hard, very difficult to get it delivered and, uh, and then the Lord spoke to me said I want you to get the husband involved, and she was a little reluctant about that, and, uh, because of issues in the heart about men So what I did was I said to the husband, why don't you just pray in the other room, and I'll call you in, and I said when I call you in, when the demon's in full manifestation I want you to do, and i described to him what, he, what I wanted him to do So anyway, we prayed Now what happened was, the woman had fallen down on the floor, her feet were facing the door, so there was no way she could see anything that was happening, she was face down, another woman was with her praying for her and I just left the room quickly, went in, and the husband came in, and together we laid hands He put his hand on his wife's head, I put my hand on his, and he spoke these words He said, as her lawful husband, I break all covenants form with the spirit and command you to go now And Now, as he walked in, now she can't see him, she yells out, what's he doing here? The demon recognised the authority the husband carried, and that he was determined to assert it in the spirit He put his hand on and prayed as the husband, I put a hand on him and prayed as the pastor, and immediately the spirit was gone, just like that, and that was one of the most vivid examples I ever had uh, in all my ministry life of how the spirit world recognises the authority that's delegated to the people of God, and specifically in the situation of marriage, if God has called the husband the head, he is what God calls him, Now he may not be doing a good job at it. But it doesn't change who he is, and the spirit world recognizes it. And so, when we no, so so when a husband stands up as the head of the home and the role he's got, and addresses the spirit world, it will respond to him because he is the legal representative of God, authorized to speak on behalf of his family. Now, it doesn't minimize in any way the prayers of his wife. What I'm trying to establish here is the recognition the spirit world has on lawful authority Now just taking another step further, you and I are children of God, we've been raised into a realm where we are positioned, we are seated with him far above every principality and power Now you as a child of God also are authorised if you will arise and stand in that role so Father I come before you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I arise and I come boldly to the throne of your grace The Bible tells us to do that And So you see yourself, there you are standing, you're worshipping God Now you can speak from that position of victory and authority As a representative of Jesus Christ, I speak now to that demonic spirit I forbid your operation, I break your assignment Now demons will respond to that, because they recognise you are lawfully and rightfully delegated that kind of authority, but it's all to do with your positioning in your heart and faith, you've got to believe what God says about you Oh, you're all getting quiet now <laughs> So so authority means it's a legal right delegated to you to speak and act on behalf of Jesus Christ, and we'll show you exactly what you're authorised to do, I've given you hints on already right now So you have the right to speak and to act, now because you've been given that right it is a responsibility to dismiss demons, and to speak, and ordain, and speak the word of God You've actually got a responsibility to do this So we may neglect our responsibility, if we neglect our responsibility, then as we saw the territory becomes invaded, problems start to come relationally and and oppression wise and all sorts of things Okay, The other word is the word power, and the word power is the word dunamis You shall receive power from on high, that's a different word altogether That is the anointing, that is the presence of God to enable you to get this to happen So Jesus received authority as part of his commission, but it's intimacy and obedience that maintains the flow of anointing So what we were doing today was getting you to arise inside in your spirit, and as you arose and built your spirit life and developed the flow from within, you can feel the anointing flowing so, to describe the difference between authority and power, let me use an illustration. Uh, I, if, a, if a person uh, trains to become a policeman, eventually comes to a point after his training where they he, 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 he makes an oath of allegiance to the government. That means I will act on behalf of the government to fulfill its mandate. Okay, and then they give him a uniform, and they give him a gun. If you're in some of the countries, they give him a gun. Even in our country, they give him a gun. Now the authority is seen in the uniform, because when you meet that person, you're not meeting the man, you're meeting the authority of the government. If you saw him on the road and he put his hand up, you probably wouldn't say a thing, but you see him in his uniform and suddenly, if you're speeding, fear grips your heart, (laughs) because you become aware of authority and the call to account for your life. There's nothing like an exposure with authority to suddenly show what's in your heart. So if you're speeding down the road, and you see a policeman step out in a black uniform, hold his hand up, suddenly you'll have all kinds of emotional things go on inside you. Now if you try to push past him, you are now up against the whole of the government. He's not acting on his own behalf. When he's fulfilling his assignment, he's acting as a representative of government. You take him on, you're taking the government on. Second thing is they have a gun, so if you don't stop, they can enforce you stop, start shooting. I don't have so much of that here, but it's common overseas <laughs> And So we need authority, and to know what our authority is, and we also need power, the flow of the spirit that it accomplishes what we want, and these are two separate and quite distinct things Got the idea? Okay there, so what I want to do is I want to look at the authority that we've been given and to just briefly look at what Jesus accomplished on the cross In Colossians 2 verses 12 uh, through to 15 uh, is a very important verse Demons hate this verse uh, Because it describes something very important That Jesus did Now you being dead in your trespasses and sins And uncircumcision of your flesh He has made alive Together with him So when Jesus died We died with him When he was buried We were buried with him And when he rose We rose with him See? So we are risen And he says notice Having forgiven you some of your trespasses. Hmm? Oh, oh, this is a crucial thing. All of your trespasses, having absolutely wiped away the, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to us, he took, has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, in Jesus' walk on the earth, he. Was obedient in every aspect of his life. But when he went to the cross and died on the cross, he acted as our representative and accomplished something for us at the cross. The Bible says he disarmed spirit powers, stripped off their clothes and weapons, totally took away from them the weapon or the power of the weapons they had, and he triumphed. He completely won a great and mighty victory over them. Now, what happened is this. The original Adam was given authority in the earth He was created to have dominion The Bible tells us that when Adam was deceived, or when when Adam disobeyed and sinned there was a transference, he lost his right to rule It was taken over by the devil So realms of the spirit that, that Adam and his descendants were supposed to occupy then became occupied by demonic spirits as far as I can understand And so the devil, when he tempted Jesus, said, all of this power has been delivered or surrendered to me So he said, I've got a legal right to rule the earth I conquered your ruler Got the idea? That's how it works, we understand that You know, you go in and conquer someone, you rule their territory It's as simple as that The old rules of war So the devil conquered Adam, and as a result of conquering Adam, then he now had authority and rights, legal rights So when Jesus came, he came as a representative, totally obedient to the Father all his life, obedient right to the point of death on the cross, and when he died on the cross, what he did was, he legally broke the power of the devil to hold people in bondage, he broke the power of death, and so this is a legal thing that has happened. Now what does the devil use primarily against you? He uses sin, iniquity, trespasses, he uses the breaking of the laws of God. Now, if you were to think of your past life, everything that you had ever done wrong and the things that were right that you should have done and you failed to do, to know what to do and not do it, to know to do good and not do it as sin, so if you took a list of that, that is going to be one big list. If we put it on the computer, we'd probably fill up the memory, have to stick in another card and put more in. Okay, and then that. now imagine all of that, and then take that all the way through the rest of your life, so we've got the whole of your life, and when you're born, right through to when you die, we've got the lot, and those are all your sins. That's the list that is contrary to you. That is what the devil manipulates to give legal right to your life. So for example, in a person's background, if there's been idolatry or Freemasonry in the background, there is now a legal right established for demonic spirits to use that as an entrance point to the success of generations. So in order to deal with the demonic realm, the legal rights issue has to be resolved, and so when Jesus died on the cross, he literally paid full price to cancel everything against us. It's the most amazing truth. Now what that means very simply is this, that the word redeem means to pay the full price to get back the person who's in prison and can't free themselves It's to go to the kidnapper, and to pay the price, and to get the person kidnapped free So what Jesus accomplished at the cross was to deal with the legal right, and so when he rose from the dead he was able to say, all authority in heaven and earth is now given to me Now get this, when he came from heaven he left all authority behind He now gained all authority because of this act of obedience in his life, even to the point of death. So legally everything belongs to Jesus, nothing belongs to the devil. The nations belong to him, the earth belongs to him, all of creation belongs to him, he has redeemed it, paid the full price to now legally be entitled to rule it, so the Bible tells us one day he'll come back and he'll assert that with great power. In the meantime, we are delegated as representatives of him, and whenever the devil has a legal right to something, we can go to the cross and say that's the place it was cancelled So every sin that you bring to the cross, its power to hold you in bondage and create a legal right for demons is broken So the issue of legal rights is an incredibly important one in the spirit world That is how the whole thing operates, under law If we walk in the laws of God, the devil can't touch us If we break the laws of God, he has legal rights to access us It's as simple as that So there's a remedy for the broken law, and that is to bring sin to the cross That's why you cannot operate successfully in the spirit world without a revelation of the cross and the blood, and the authority given to us as a believer to represent the Lord. Okay, so there we are So at the cross, Jesus broke legally broke the power of a number of things uh, The power of sin, the power of curses Galatians 3.13 He has redeemed us from the curse of the law Becoming a curse for us That the blessing of Abraham might come upon us Redeem, pray the full price Griefs and trauma, Isaiah 53 And verse 4 He carried our sorrows He carried our, our griefs uh, In Isaiah 53 verse 5 Uh, by his stripes we are healed, so sicknesses he dealt with, Isaiah 53 verse 5, and he took away all our iniquities, so everything the devil could use as a weapon, at the cross Jesus legally broke its power, however it's a one thing to have something legally done, it's another thing to have the reality of it in your life, and so We need to understand what Jesus has done so we can bring it into reality here. So this issue of the law and of sin and dealing with sin is a crucial one in addressing the spirit world. That's why any person who works in the realm of deliverance has a great awareness of what sin does in terms of establishing legal rights for demons to operate. And it is incredibly different to get any person free or any uh, demonic spirit to shift if you don't address the legal rights it has to be there in fact many times a demon will actually argue with you that it owns this place i've been here a long time i have a right to be here so they'll actually argue with you when jesus taught about deliverance he said that the demon after it's cast out will go back and says i will return to my house see it claims legal right to live in the person's life so demons Try to uh, They look for every legal ground, they are great manipulators to try and use any legal ground to access your life, so removing legal rights is a crucial part of freedom, and we need to understand that if I have broken the law, I don't have much authority because I'm a transgressor to be able to bring others free, I need to actually bring my life into alignment So Jesus has done a tremendous work on the cross, but there's one thing to know what he's done, it's another thing to bring it into reality in our life, and that is where we have to grow and develop our faith, it's by faith these things come into being. So for example, uh, God has given every one of you legal right to deal with demons, but probably the majority of you either don't do it, or are not very successful at it. Now that doesn't mean the legal right to do it isn't there, it just means you have to grow into and obtain possession of what Jesus won for you. In the Old Testament, Joshua had to, God said, I've given you the land, and I've given the people into you, now arise and go in and battle, so you have to possess what Jesus has made available for you, and that's the the work of faith. So Jesus has done these things on our house, and he has now given us authority. Notice what it says in Luke 10 verse 19, Behold, I give you authority, that's exousia, delegated right to tread serpents and scorpions underfoot and to tread over all the power of the enemy Now that's an amazing thing that Jesus said Do you realise as a believer that you can tread demons underfoot, that you have no need to fear them? Now it's not that they don't have power, they do have real power, and they do exert that real power, and in some places it's quite terrifying However, if you will stay in the realm God's called you to operate in, you have right to deal with the things You can tread them underfoot and you have authority over all their power, you don't need to be alarmed at the kind of power they have. I was in a meeting in, uh, in Indonesia, and uh, there was my first, one of my first meetings there in Indonesia I had a very big meeting, and uh, three witch doctors came because they heard that the power of God would be there to deal with demons, and so they came to the meeting to disrupt the meeting, in other words they wanted to work together to hurl curses against me, so that they could take away whatever power I had, and it would become their power and to tell the truth i didn 't even actually see. i didn 't even know what happened because there was a big crowd there two, three, two thousand, and they stood up to do this stuff, and they no sooner stood up than the power of God hit them, they fell on the ground just like that, and they were thrown they were literally hurled to the ground, and they, they could not get up, they crawled out. They literally had to crawl out on their faces out of the meeting Now I wish I could claim something for it, I couldn't Actually I never even saw it happen I only heard about it afterwards And Dave was with me and Dave, they called to Dave said, hey something's happening He went round the back and he, he, he dealt with one face to face and got them totally delivered and, uh, and the guy came up and got saved afterwards He recognised the power of God was greater than the power they operate. He understood spiritual power he said, this power is greater than that We're in another meeting and uh, Pastor Conghi's church in, in City Harvest And uh, some demons were starting to yell and to scream And uh, Pastor Conghi's uh, mother and father were there And she sort of got a concern what all the screaming was going on and yelling on But the father was an interesting person because they, they were involved in idolatry He said, I see that there is a greater power here than the power these spirits have and they came up and got saved because of that They recognised the greater power So, So I give you authority Now this is a personal verse for you I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you So you could make it your declaration Today I have authority over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall in any wise hurt me be good to build the truth of that into your heart So Jesus was responding uh, to the testimonies of believers that he'd sent out This is the 70, and uh, he said uh, they have authority I give you authority uh, to tread over demons So our spiritual authority, you have authority It's just whether you use it and develop it or not But it comes one out of our standing with God We've got to know where we stand That's why when you come to minister, the first thing that you'll be aware of is where you stand with God, whether you're conscious that I am in right standing with God, I have access to him, I can live and be in his presence right now. If you are conscious of that and it's in your heart, then it's very easy to assert authority Second thing, it depends on your ongoing relationship I need to keep listening to God, so it's all very well to say I have authority, but actually it's for a purpose, so I need to know what God wants me to do, and uh, finally we need to yield to the Holy Spirit So here's the thing, the authority Jesus gives you, and I'll list some areas he's given you authority in, uh, it's, we don't own it, It's actually uh, we're acting on behalf of someone else, so all authority that Jesus gives you, spiritual authority, you're acting on behalf of him, you're representing him, and so that means you don't own it, you've got to use it rightly, or it creates many problems, and, uh, and not presume or make any presumptions about just because I have all this authority I can do what I want, no, we need to listen to the Holy Ghost and learn to be led by the Spirit of God, not a very hard thing to do So what do you have authority to do? What has Jesus entrusted to you some authority to do? Uh, He's given you a whole number of things Now, for example, we'll just take this first one here, he's given us authority to preach the gospel, and we think well that's a pretty obvious one Actually it's not so, because there's many countries if you preach the gospel, they'll throw you in jail now, now here, think of the conflict now. I read in the Bible, go and preach the gospel, and yet the authorities say, if you preach the gospel will put you in jail, what will I do? There's two authorities in conflict here. One is the authority of God who says to do this, and that's the highest authority. Two there's the authority of the government which says, don't do it or we'll put you in jail." So how do I address that? How do I address this apparent conflict in authorities? Very simply. Firstly, all authority comes from God, so therefore is subject to him ultimately. Secondly, I should give way and yield to the ultimate authority, the authority of God, who's given a clear mandate in scripture, preach the gospel. Thirdly, I need to show respect for civil authorities who are his representatives, but nevertheless, I can be submitted to them, but not obedient to them, so I can have a right attitude to local authorities, but not do what they tell me to do. A classic example is in the book of Acts, where the authorities gathered the disciples together, and they said uh, they threatened them uh, that you must not preach the gospel, if you preach the gospel then we'll throw you, have you thrown into prison and beaten up, and they said we must listen to God and do what God has said, so they went out and preached the gospel, and then notice this, they got thrown into prison and beaten up, and they just rejoiced, they didn't, didn't make a big deal of it, they just accepted. They had gone contrary to the authorities, and this is what was going to happen They said it's for the honour of God So they had a good attitude, but they were disobedient Now you have to understand that So for example, a person uh, who was uh, was, um, uh, in a work situation, and in the work situation they tell you to do something which is quite clearly contrary to the law and to your conscience You can have a submitted heart, but still say no, I can't do that because you have to live out of the authority of God, not just what people tell you to do So these are some of the interesting things Anyway, let's just carry through the list here You're being an authority to act as a representative of Jesus, to preach the gospel, to make disciples Matthew 28, he's told us to go do it, so we're authorised to do it Uh, Someone says, why are you doing this, or who do you think you are? Very simply, Jesus told me to do it, make disciples We're also authorised to bless, in Matthew chapter 10 he says, whatever house you go into say, peace be under the house Now what a stupid thing to say That's an unusual thing to say Go into a house and say, peace We don't do that kind of thing, do we? Because we don't understand what he was saying to them He was saying, you have power to speak and release blessing into a house You can actually release the peace of God in a tangible way into the house, and you are authorised when you go into a home that makes you welcome to speak and release the blessing of God, so just extending that out now, wherever you go God has authorised you to speak words that release blessing over people, to speak and call upon the Holy Ghost to touch their life, to call upon the presence of God to come into that place, to call upon or invite the Holy Spirit to come, you are authorised to do that We have to ask whether this is you know, what God wants, He always wants that you're authorised to break bondages, Isaiah 10.27, the yoke is broken because of the anointing, so we're authorised to break bondages, and I'll describe that a little bit further, to break curses, Matthew 16.19, curses are words spoken that activate demonic powers, and you are authorised to break curses, God has given you authority to break them, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, so to break curses means to loose something. That is taking, that is holding a person in bondage. Uh, you're authorized to cast out demons. You're authorized to heal the sick. You're authorized to raise the dead. Now, here's the interesting thing: we're, we're, we're authorized to raise the dead. We just don't see so much of it here, but in other countries, uh, particularly Pastor Amwar, uh, his ministry, they have raised a number of people from the dead. David Hogan, I think overall, I think they've raised nearly 300 people from the dead in their ministry. So, it is authorized. It just doesn't always happen. I've tried once, but it didn't work. I just need to grow my faith. <laughs> okay, we're authorized to bind and loose. That means to restrain spirits or things operating, or to release things to happen. We're also authorized to forgive, to speak and release forgiveness. So here's authority that you're given to do some things. Now, the key thing is, it's great to know how to what they are, but how do I actually go about this? How do you? Operate or exercise spiritual authority. And there's, there's there's several things that are a part of it. So uh, I want to just uh, I want to uh, just just identify what they are because I've some people speak and there's nothing happens at all. Others speak and something really happens. What's the difference? The difference inevitably is in the heart. And let me give you some simple foundations on this exercise of authority. the The first thing is you need to know you're standing with God. You need to be quite convinced of where you stand with God, because if you're not sure where you stand, or your righteousness before God, if you're not sure of that, when you speak you'll doubt that anything's going to happen. You've got to not doubt in your heart when you speak, something will happen, so I need to be, first of all, I need to know the authority or the standing that God has given me. So for example, just for example, just in ministering right now, I could just Use an example here. Can I just use you for an example, right? So, just come and just take your hand. All right, just take your hand. Need someone to stand behind her, just in case something happens. So, now suppose I'm come to minister, and uh, I I need to release the power of God, or something like that. Now, the first thing she's come forward for prayer for some reason, and and I'm I'm needing to minister or to bring God to her. So, ministering is not praying little prayers; it's about bringing God to the person. Now the first thing that you become conscious of is where your standing is with God. So she's looking to me to give her some answer, so I tell her why don't you just close your eyes and look up to the Lord, so I direct her attention away from me and onto the Lord. It's always good to get people to look to the Lord, why? Because it stops the operation of witchcraft around you to try and manipulate you to do something they want. You get them looking to God rather than looking to you. He is the source, keep God, Jesus being honored all the time Then the second thing that I become aware of is, my goodness, what am I going to do, and what will happen, and what if nothing happens? All that sort of stuff goes on inside Now that is all to do with your standing with God So if, oh man, I didn't pray, oh no Now you see, that's all to do with your standing with God It's about accusations coming to erode you So if you're going to move in authority and move with power, you must be completely convinced in your heart that you are deeply connected to God, and I've taken a lot of time to practice that We use the word righteousness, but for most people it doesn't mean anything They don't know what. how does this work in my life It just means that I am able to stand innocent before God, and be welcomed and embraced by Him, absolutely free of any charges against me So if I was just to meditate now, and to allow my mind and heart to just become fixed, that God. I am near to him right now, I can stand near to him, I can honour him and love him, and his presence is here, and because of that I can release the power of God. Because of positioning, because of being conscious of the presence of God, and many people are conscious of sin, conscious of being alone, conscious of being not good enough, that is a spiritual pressure around you that stops you flowing with authority. You have to silence all of that. You silence it by the truth that my sins are all forgiven, every one of them. I, I can boldly come into the presence of God. So I took quite a bit of time to meditate, until in a moment I can meditate and become just aware of God. It just took time for that truth to be built in, but once it's built in, it makes it very easy to work with the Holy Spirit. If it's not built into your life, you're standing with God, then flowing with the Holy Spirit it's immediately you get full of condemnation and full of wrestles and accusations and struggles, all sorts of doubts go on in your mind, so you have to recognise that's just what they are, attacks on your mind, and we are to be have the breastplate of righteousness that protects our heart from being condemned, so if to operate in authority, the first foundation of that is that I am clearly established in my standing with God. If I'm not, how will I know whether He's going to back me up? If I'm not sure he's with me and and that we're working together, if I've got doubts about my standing because of being accused or condemned, how will I move confidently and boldly? Very difficult, very difficult. So the first thing, foundational thing, is faith righteousness. I am connected to God, and I am favoured by him. I am blessed by him. I am blessed today. I am blessed by his love and presence. So you build these things into your life. And your authority grows as this becomes established So all things in the spirit You have to know exactly where you stand with God Now I'm not saying have it as a head knowledge it needs to be more than just a head knowledge In your heart you need to know I'm completely innocent in his sight okay? Now that is what gives you boldness then To speak on his behalf But if you are not convinced in your heart If there are doubts in your heart about your standing with God, there'll be doubts will undermine your authority to minister So this is the most important thing to establish is faith righteousness I am right with God by faith in the work of another Not in my works, not whether I prayed, not whether I did well or didn't do well I am right by faith in the work of Christ So you become conscious of a fault quickly repent of it, I am right now with God by faith in what Jesus Christ did. This is the foundation for all faith ministry, is the righteousness that Jesus gave to me by my believing in it. Any idea? See? So if your heart condemns you, God is bigger than your heart. <laughs> so there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who set their heart on the Spirit. This is foundational to all operation in the things of the Spirit. You must know I'm established, and I can boldly, quickly come into the presence of God without being condemned. Have I done something wrong? That's okay, because he's made provision, Lord I'm so sorry I put it right really quickly, it's over, it's out of his mind, and it needs to be out of mine. This is so foundational to all faith operation, is that I'm right by trusting what Jesus did, and that needs to be established in your life, and if you've lived under condemnation all your life and blame there may be a stronghold to break so that the truth gets established in your heart Okay, getting the idea? Alrighty, so that's number one, thank you very much How did you do? What did you feel (coughs) happen? Immediately felt the presence of God See, about the time when I actually just set my heart to meditate and be in the presence of God, the moment I set my heart on that and started to connect with Him Immediately she felt the presence of God Now I'll do it one more time, you just see it happen and It'll just be like that I'll describe what's happening in me, and then you watch what happens to her all right? So just again, look up to the Lord, say direct your attention to Him I'm holding a hand, so whatever's going on in me, there'll be an impartation So if I was to just begin to meditate, and to see myself standing right before the throne of God, begin to meditate and fix my heart on Jesus, and as I set my heart, there He is, and I can feel His presence right now See? And so does she. See, so faith righteousness, it's not just a heady words, it's a spiritual reality, and when it's established in your life, the flow of God is never ending. And you know what? Every attack of the devil on you will be to get that off you, it'll to get you out of that place of confidence, and to get you into a place of doubt about where God is in relationship to you. So this is foundational To all moving in the spirit get it? You need to establish this in your life <laughs> Okay. Alright then So the second one is humility If I'm going to move in authority I must develop humility God gives grace to the humble And in James 4, 7 Submit to God Resist the devil And he will flee to you The word submit means To place yourself uh, Under Or align yourself With someone who is over you So together you can get a great result And so it has the idea of a military victory of being properly positioned. So, humility is a crucial part. And submission is an attitude of humility that recognizes the authority of God and those that God has delegated authority to. So, that's, we're on now page 10 in our notes. So, submit is a crucial issue. I have found many people, because of pride, have a trouble of uh, submitting to anyone. Uh, I have learned. As soon as I meet anyone with authority, I immediately adopt an attitude of recognizing and aligning properly with an attitude of honor to that person. Because this is how I can walk in the Spirit and stay in the Spirit. Any idea? Uh, and uh, you notice the centurion, the moment when he saw Jesus Christ, he said, You don't need to go to my house. I understand authority. Just say a command, and my child will be healed. And the servant will be healed. And Jesus said, Whoa, that's real faith. The understanding spiritual authority requires faith, because we have got um, defiled in our thinking about authority by bad experiences The third thing is revelation, we do need to listen to the Holy Ghost Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 19, uh, he said The Son can do nothing of himself, what he sees the Father do he does, the Son does the same, for the Father loves the Son, and shows him everything he himself does, and will show him greater works than these So Jesus' authority flowed, not just out of knowing who he was but out of also listening for direction So many times he could have prayed, but he didn't So that's interesting He could have delivered, but he didn't So why is that? Because personal sensitivity to what God was doing was more important than legal rights to him So although he legally could have prayed for everyone and healed them, prayed for everyone and delivered them, he placed Listening to the Father and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit—the highest thing in his life. So, whatever he. So sometimes people say, "Why don't you pray for him? Why don't you go and see your Lazarus? Well, what's wrong? He's sick. Why don't you go and see him?" He said, "No, there's something greater God has in mind. Let's wait, and we'll see something greater." So you see, so we have to just constantly be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and get revelation on what to do. And finally, last two things is you have to use your voice. So you'll notice whenever you read in the Bible of people uh, exercising spiritual authority, there were always strong verbal commands, rise up, he didn't speak the dead man in a soft voice, Lazarus come forth, spoke to the wind, spoke to the way. he spoke strongly to sicknesses and demons, he spoke to the winds, spoke to trees, spoke to dead people, he spoke and gave a command expecting something to happen, And and notice in the way he spoke, you spoke with great boldness, now one of the things you'll find when, you have to, when, you, when you're moving in the spirit, you've got to speak with boldness, now that's not loud, it just is confidence that God is going to do something, so you think well I don't feel confident, and well boldness has got nothing to do with what you feel, you speak that way, in Jesus' name come out, I speak to that sickness be gone in Jesus' name, you've got to speak uh, strongly as, as a representative of God, and the last part is act of faith, I must expect that when I speak, something will happen Now you'd be amazed how many times when you pray Nothing happens initially You have to expect something to happen And so in Mark 11:24, Jesus said, have the faith of God For I tell you truthfully Whoever speaks to this mountain Be removed, be cast into the sea Does not doubt in his heart But believes the things he says will come to pass He will have whatever he says So I say to you when you pray Believe you receive them And you'll have them So you notice that spiritual kingdoms are enforced by spirits that ride on them, and so uh, the kingdom of God, it's the Holy Spirit that advances that, demonic kingdoms, it's demonic spirits, and I must believe when I speak that something will happen, not doubt in my heart. Now, if I have no confident expectation of God doing something, there will be a difficulty, there will be nothing much happen. I have noticed when you start to pray for deliverance, many times nothing happens, you've just got to be persevering and persistent I found in praying to alter spiritual atmospheres nothing seems to shift initially, so I keep my voice speaking into that situation, and eventually it yields You've got to believe that your voice and what you say will come about That's what he says, how many times it says what you say Whoever says and doesn't doubt in his heart whatever he says will happen, he will have what he says, so I've got to speak words believing that this is the will of God, I insist that this command be carried out, and that is the. the it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge, because I've observed in working in deliverance that demons resist people, and the tendency is when nothing happens the first time you do something, is to quit and give up, so in operating in the spirit, Perseverance is a must Okay then, so summing it up then, in exercising spiritual authority it has to do with positioning, knowing where I am in God, listening, having revelation and then giving voice or speaking Now this is what I do, I want to share with you some things I've done that have been a big help, and uh, then show you what you could do, perhaps it would be like that uh, God spoke to me when I was very uh, a young Christian I had a classroom, a physics classroom Uh, Great, it was a very old classroom, everything was a bit tatty in it, and the Lord spoke to me He said, every child that comes in there is under spiritual pressure, they're unsaved He said, what you can do is you can go through the classroom every day, pray in tongues and lay hands on every seat, and he said, I want you to do this, I want you to forbid the operation of demonic spirits over every child, and I want you to decree blessing over them, see resist the devil and call forth the things of God now that was a pretty unusual thing to get to do Because you know it didn't make any sense to me But I was in the early days of just listening and learning and doing So day after day I would walk into the classroom And I would just speak I stand, as, uh, I stand in charge of this classroom I stand as one responsible for every student who comes in here today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I forbid the operations of demons against every student that will sit in the seat because classes flow through the day So I go around And I didn't pray the same prayer all the time I'd pray it once And then just lay hands In Jesus' name I bind every spirit operating I release blessing I release learning I release understanding I release a great atmosphere Into this classroom I release the presence of God Into this place Now I spoke as one Believing totally it would happen Now I wasn't sure Because uh, you know i never seen anything like this happen before But I did it anyway And it took about... Um, I wasn't sure or didn't feel initial changes of it, but others noticed it. Now what happened was this, there were several things that happened. The first thing that happened was one of the teachers noticed the difference, and she came and spoke to me. She said, what's up with your room? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I notice every time I have a study class in your room, it's very quiet, and they're peaceful, and they get a lot of, I get a lot of work done too, because they're, they're so quiet. Says, I said, is that so? She said, yes, yeah, the only room in the school that's like this. What's different about your room? And uh, I said, I don't think you want to know the answer. And uh, (laughs) she she said, No, tell me. So I'm sure you won't want to know the answer. And uh, and she she said, No, tell me. I said, will you tell me again. What 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 is it like? And she said, Well, it's very peaceful, and the students really work, and I get a lot done. I said, Well, here's what I do. I take authority over the spirits that trouble children and release peace and the blessing of God to learn into this classroom. I could tell she didn't want to hear, but. That wasn't the answer she wanted to hear, but nevertheless, here's the thing, I didn't feel any change, but someone coming in did. The next thing I saw were two girls that lined up outside, and they said, sir, something's weird about your classroom. And I said, what's weird? And she said, well, every time I come by, we shake. I said, well, that's interesting. I've never seen you. Come in and show me shaking. And so they come in, and yeah, they shake. It got worse in the classroom i think, wow, this is amazing, uh, I'm a, only, only six months, eight months a Christian, this is great to see something like this, and sure enough they're shaking, and uh, so I realised then that they were involved in the occult, they were involved in the spirit world, and what was in them was reacting to the classroom, I inquired, and sure that's what was happening, we prayed and immediately it, went, it just stopped, and so I was aware then that without me knowing that something had happened, the whole atmosphere had begun to change. So then I began to pray not only for the demons to be still and quiet, and pray for the, for the presence of God to come, pray then for the, product, for the productivity, for the work to grow and increase, and in the course of a, of a period of time, probably about three or four years, um, my classes just went like that in terms of numbers and in terms of outcomes of people passing exams. I asked the Lord to give me creativity, because remember what I said? You have to be present, and you have to engage in a creative way in whatever you're doing, so you can't just leave it all up to God We shift the spiritual atmosphere, then you front up and you look for whatever creative ways you can do things, and God gave me some creative ideas with the teaching And uh, So just to give you an idea, when I started I had ten Form 7 students, ten, that was it in the whole school, and I had twenty Form 6 students After we'd got into this flow of praying and releasing the presence of God and bringing creativity into the school uh, by the time I had left, I had two seven form classes of 20 plus e 25 each, which was almost the entire upper school, and I had four six form classes of 25 plus each, nearly the whole of the upper school. I had nearly the whole upper school in my physics class classes, and uh, they, almost all of them had high accomplishment in their, cla- in their, exa- in their results. We got, uh, I think out of the hundred. University entrance, I got all but four through, year after year, and they were only because they were put in, and they didn't have the the maths from fifth form level to cope with the work, it was just an administrative muck up, so I saw the reality of it. I've taught people how to pray in their workplace, the same thing, to speak, take authority over troubling spirits, command the spirits to go, command peace to come into the place, productivity to increase, relationships to change. And the atmosphere has shifted. Now, remember, you can't just sort of do it by remote. This has got to be your Metron, not someone else's. You have the right to do it. I have prayed for, I've got many people to pray into their workplace, and things have shifted in their workplace. One, because they started to arise in their spirit and stop acting like a victim and release the presence of God and subdue demons. Secondly, they turned up with a different attitude. And the combination brought a tremendous shift and a change. You have. We have to understand this is really important stuff We are called for dominion like this We're called to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth And to do that, you've got to confront the spirits that are there, and then release by words of faith, blessings, specific blessing into your household, into your family, into your workplace, into your neighbourhood, into wherever you go We can do that, we're authorised to do that and so you can pray over your marriage I had one man and I coached him how to pray he stood up and he stood as the head of his home repented for his failure to lead and uh, asked God to forgive him and re-establish him in his positioning as the head of the home day after day he spoke in the spirit broke the power of the control that was operating and within a very short time issues in the marriage came right out to the open they had to work on it there was deliverance and healing and there was a shift took place in the dynamic In the marriage his wife became much more secure, and the whole marriage started to shift and change. These are realities. I give you story after story after story where people have done it. Now is it easy? No it isn't, because the moment you step up and start to push back the spirit world, it fights back at you, and your initial response may be it gets worse rather than better. If it gets worse, then you can say, yay, we're into the scrap. I've only got to hang on, and it'll get better. That's the thing you've got to you got to be able to do that. You've got to hold your ground and not give ground. And for most, in other words, perseverance is a crucial part of shifting spiritual atmosphere. Now, sometimes it shifts really quick. Sometimes it doesn't. And uh, if it doesn't shift very quick, it's because something's been established for a long time, and you've just got to hold your ground and be a bit gutsy and not quit. And if you just stick with it, you find stuff will happen, it'll shift and change. And we're, we're authorised to do this, you realise, wherever you go, you're authorised to bring the presence of God. But most of us think only in terms of talking to people, and don't consider the possibility that I could just stand and just in a few moments of time, thank you Lord, I just invite your presence to come into this room right now, Lord just begin to fill this room with your presence. Let your anointing just come over everyone right now, and begin to feel the peace of God. And so, as we just, and I just begin to put my spirit right out of the whole room, and the peace of God will start to come. Thank Feel it. <laughs> you can fill a whole room. This is amazing stuff. So <laughs> I mean, I've, I need to actually. Get more proactive with this because I find that uh, even though I know it, I'm not always diligent in holding it out and continuing to operate in this.
1: Mm?
0: Sure. Can you? do this? People sure. Yes. In other words, can you pray? from another place, and have a result, alright, I'll we'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, the first obvious example is found in the Bible, where the woman came to Jesus, and uh, immediately after she reached out to him, her daughter in another place was delivered. Same with the centurion, say only the word, and be fixed, okay. Now I have gotten in prayer at, at one particular time, and someone over the other side of the world got healed right at that exact time. Uh, so I, I do not believe in the realm of the spirit there is any such thing as, uh, the, the, there's no limitations of the physical world, So then, what? but what you do then is this, you, you first you begin to pray and stir your spirit, so get your spirit wound up and stirred up and energised, so you're alive on the inside and your mind becomes clear so you can hear the voice of God, then you stand in your positioning before the Lord looking for how to pray, we'll ask him to just look for him, he may give you directions, he may not. If he does, then follow them, if he doesn't, then then you know what to do, so then what I would do from that place being near him, I'd just begin to imagine the person, the situation, and I'd speak as if I was standing right in that room, in Jesus' name, right now, in Jesus' name I take authority, I forbid the operation of those spirits, I release the presence of God into that place, I release this, 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 and now what happens is eventually you'll have some things happen, there will be things happen. You can do this, but you've got to be persistent in it Remember, if this is say a family member and it's in their home and they are responsible for their own lives, you cannot overrule them or override their free will What you can do is contain spiritual operations and release or lawfully invite the Spirit of God into that place to do the work They still have to respond and usually I found from the moment when you start praying to when you get something shifting it can be a vary,. You know? mm-hmm. But it'll often take time for God to set up the changes in their life that are needed. So we are called to intercede, we're called also to assert dominion. So just because I speak doesn't bring it all about, what I'm doing is I'm acting as a representative of heaven to, give, to allow something to happen. Now because you are family and connected to family, you can speak into family, because you can stand and put the cross of Christ between you and your family hereditary background, you can command demons to shut down or to stop operating, you can release God's presence to work, and it does have effect on people. I've seen, I remember praying for one person, apparently it, I went through a hard time because it felt like it was a, I was just getting nowhere. And then <laughs> they just about three weeks later, they came up to me, and they were just i 've been tormented for three weeks. I have to come and talk, and i didn 't know from the day I started it, it shifted, but I just wasn 't aware of it because I saw nothing outward initially, so you have to persist, you know yeah, but you certainly can pray from a distance, but uh, m- mostly. Um, the places we would want to operate is where we are physically present, where it's obviously where we have room to move. I, yes, or oh yes? Right? Well if you're a widow, you're the head of the home. In fact, actually, husband and wife, because they're one, God sees them as one. But however, God gives a status or standing in the spirit world to the husband, so when they stand together as a couple, of course that's the best place to be, but uh, I'm just tr- I was only really trying to make the point about the particular role, but for a widow, well a widow you have everything that is your home, is your realm, so now it's the same for a single person of course, a single person it's their realm Now if they're in a, if, they're in a, um, if a child is living in the home of parents, then the parents are the head of the home so therefore they've got limited authority what they can do there, so you've got to then know what God said you could do So one girl, and she had been delivered from a demonic spirit, went home to a home She said what do I do mate, we've got a big altar in our home I said well that's your parents' decision, not yours, don't go in there and speak against them, or criticise them, go into the home as a carrier of heaven to that home they said, first start with your own room, dedicate your own room to the Lord, invite the presence of God in your own room, then as you walk through the house, every time you see the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the idol, just speak to it, and make a decree. I said, her, pray in tongues, speak to it, Jesus shall increase, Sai Baba shall decrease. Just say it, and so she did that, and within a year when I came back, uh, Sai Baba had decreased, they'd shifted out their flat, they got a smaller flat, and they couldn't have the big altar, so the altar was gone, just a picture. And she did it, I did it, I told her, against the house Sai Baba not doing too good. So I said, well, keep doing it. So she did it next year, the picture had fallen down, and they now had a little wee picture. It was, he was diminishing, you know, he was just diminishing. You have to understand the power of decrees, tremendous power to speak as a representative of heaven, and to declare things, and to call things into being. Now when it involves other people, you've got to give them free will to make their decisions and let God work this out in his own timing and rate. Our role is just to speak as his representative.